Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Tonight, the U.S. surpasses 8 million coronavirus cases as the nation confronts a dramatic fall surge. More than 63,000 new cases in a single day. That's the highest number since July, as the Midwest faces record highs. In Wisconsin, one in four tests come back positive. Hospitals in Kansas City forced to turn away ambulances. Nearly the entire state of Ohio experiencing a high rate of spread, as doctors in North Dakota plead for a mask mandate. Tonight, the advice for parents on trick-or-treating and the nearly 30 college football games canceled because of outbreaks. 18 days to go, President Trump tonight with another trip to Georgia. The once reliably Republican state, could it vote blue for the first time in 28 years? Plus, former President Barack Obama heads out on the trail to help Joe Biden. Concerns about Rudy Giuliani. The new reporting tonight that the intelligence community was worried that the president's personal attorney was being targeted by Russian agents trying to discredit Joe Biden. Terror attack in France. A history teacher decapitated in the streets near Paris. Tonight, the French president vows to respond. Record wildfires tear through Colorado as high winds and extremely warm temperatures create dangerous conditions out west. Private screening? Would you spend $100 to rent out a movie theater? And no bones about it. CBS's Steve Hartman is on the road with a classic Halloween story about a little boy and his best friend. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin with breaking news, another devastating milestone in the pandemic and a clear sign the country is now facing another rapid surge of coronavirus. As we come on the air tonight, the U.S. has reached more than 8 
million confirmed cases of the virus, adding a million new infections in less than a month. And in what feels like a cruel sequel to the height of the pandemic, for the second time this week, the U.S. recorded more new cases in 24 hours than it has on a single day in months, more than 63,000 on Thursday alone. Well, tonight, hospitalizations are climbing in 42 states, with rural communities especially hit. Hard. And doctors in the Midwest tell us they are now at a breaking point, forced to turn away patients from overflowing ICUs. We're also learning tonight that any hope for a vaccine before Election Day is dwindling, as Pfizer, the front runner to deliver a vaccine early, now says its shot won't be ready for approval until the end of November. Now, none of that stopped President Trump today from telling voters the U.S. is rounding the turn of the pandemic just 18 days before the election, even as his rival, Joe Biden, accused the president of refusing to accept science. There's a lot of new reporting to get to tonight. We've got a team of correspondents standing by to cover it all. CBS's Mola Lange is going to lead off our coverage tonight from New York. Good evening, Mola. Well, good evening, Nora. As some hospitals are overwhelmed by new coronavirus cases, doctors are pleading with governors in some of the hardest-hit Midwestern states to make masks mandatory in public. On the front lines in Kansas City. We're bursting the seams. Eight hospitals are now turning away patients. ER Dr. Mark Larson heads the city's COVID response team. As of uh, two days ago, we hit our record inpatient capacity. Mentally, emotionally, what does this do to a staff? It adds stress, uh, and it really does take a toll on the staff. No state seems safe from the pandemic's fury. In the past 24 hours, at least seven states set records for infections. One out of every four tests in Wisconsin is now coming back positive. Michigan has over a 1,000 COVID patients in its hospitals for the first time since May. New Mexico is now reporting a second straight day of record-breaking cases and hospitalizations. We're not succeeding at combating the virus. This is the most serious emergency that New Mexico has ever faced. In Ohio, 29 of the state's counties are now under the highest state of alert. New cases are at their highest rate since the pandemic began. There's a red tide flowing all over the state of Ohio. In North Dakota, just 22 ICU beds remain in the entire state. We are having a significant crunch in our hospital system. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau says the border with America will remain closed until the U.S. can get COVID under control. So far, at least 32 college football games have been postponed including tomorrow's showdown between Florida and LSU. And this from the Mayo Clinic, throwing a big scare into Halloween plans. Their advice, no trick-or-treating and no indoor Halloween parties. As the pandemic rages and hospitals brace for the next surge, doctors say so much of what's happening now is preventable. It's exceedingly frustrating when there are these super spreader events. It's just irresponsible and it's insensitive to not uh, take the extra time to put that little piece of fabric on there. Also something we're keeping an eye on here in New York City, of course, once the epicenter of the pandemic, some hospitals are now noticing a noticeable increase in coronavirus patients. One hospital administrator told me today that at this point there are isolated clusters, but no widespread outbreak, Nora. Well, that's really concerning. Mololengi, thank you. We're going to turn now to 2020 America Decides. President Trump and Joe Biden hit the trail today with very different goals. Biden is trying to shore up support in states where he's already in the lead, while the president is fighting hard not to fall behind in states he expected to win easily. Here's CBS's Ed O'Keefe. 
With just 18 days to go and more than 22 million early votes cast, time is running short for President Trump, who trails Joe Biden in nearly every swing state. We love our senior citizens. Including Florida, where today he tried to woo back a key part of his 2016 coalition, senior citizens who he acknowledged have suffered during the pandemic. My message to America's seniors today is one of optimism, confidence, and hope. Your sacrifice has not been in vain. But the president's handling of COVID-19 has cost him among Florida's seniors, who usually favor Republicans. Polls now show Biden cutting into that lead. Americans don't panic. Donald Trump panicked. Joe Biden, meanwhile, kept up his attack on the president's handling of the pandemic during a trip to Michigan, hoping to pad his six-point lead there. And experts have said that nearly another 200,000 lives are likely to be lost, likely to be lost in the coming months. Biden will get a boost from his former running mate next week when President Barack Obama hits the campaign trail. His first stop, Philadelphia. Democrats are even liking their chances in traditional Republican strongholds like Georgia, where the president is headed tonight, hoping to stop Biden from becoming the first Democrat in 28 years to win the state. It's crazy and not true. Part of the president's problem, he keeps veering off message. Last night in a town meeting with NBC News, he refused to clearly denounce the right-wing conspiracy group QAnon. I just don't know about QAnon. What I do hear about it is they are very strongly against pedophilia. And I agree with that. I mean, I do agree with that. Republican Senator Mitt Romney said the president's refusal to denounce QAnon continues an alarming pattern. While fellow Republican Nebraska Senator Ben Sass was caught on tape this week sharply criticizing Mr. Trump. The way he treats women and he mocks um, evangelicals behind closed doors. He's flirted with white supremacists. Meanwhile, in a head-to-head matchup with Biden that matters to the president, TV ratings, he's come up short. Biden's televised town hall meeting Thursday night was seen by about 14 million people on one network. That's more than the president's, who was seen by 13 million, even though that was airing across three networks. Nora? Ed O'Keefe, thank you. Perhaps the best hope for a COVID vaccine before the election was dashed today when Pfizer announced that it won't apply for emergency approval for its vaccine until late November at the earliest. Here's CBS's Meg Oliver. Tonight, a dose of reality from Pfizer announcing it will apply for FDA emergency use authorization for its vaccine soon after the safety milestone is achieved in the third week in November. Is that a setback or was that expected? It was very expected by me. I think there's not any possibility for this to be achieved in October and that most likely we're going to have to go into late 2020 or even early 2021. So I think this is a great acknowledgement of of the pace of science. You, You can't rush these things. But President Trump, who once predicted a vaccine by Election Day, continues to push a quicker pace. And we have the vaccines coming. Other vaccine developers have echoed Pfizer's timeline, with data available late this year or early 2021. This week, Johnson & Johnson paused its progress due to an illness in a trial volunteer. It's not known if the participant had the vaccine or placebo. Former CDC director Dr. Tom Frieden. The pauses in the trials I find somewhat encouraging because it tells me that they're looking really carefully. More Americans are looking with caution. A recent Gallup poll shows the number willing to get a vaccine has dropped 16 points from July to September. I think all of this politics is making people suspicious. We don't want politics in a shot that we're going to get. We want good medicine in that shot. 
and that will take time. Meg Oliver, CBS News, Patterson, New Jersey. So with no vaccine and COVID cases surging, is the U.S. headed for another shutdown? CBS News chief medical correspondent Dr. John LaPook asked Dr. Anthony Fauci for this Sunday's 60 Minutes. How bad would things have to get for you to advocate a national lockdown? Uh, They'd have to get really, really bad. First of all, the country is fatigued with restrictions. So we want to use public health measures not to get in the way of opening the economy, but to being a safe gateway to opening the economy. So instead of having an opposition, open up the economy, get jobs back or shut down. No, put shutdown away and say we're going to use public health measures to help us safely get to where we want to go. And there's much more of Dr. LaPook's interview with Dr. Fauci. That's this Sunday on 60 Minutes. Tonight, there are growing questions about the man once known as America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani, and if he is being used by Russia to influence the 2020 presidential campaign. We now know that Giuliani met extensively with a man considered an active Russian agent and sanctioned by the U.S. government. The intelligence community was so concerned that the president was warned. Here's CBS's Paula Reed. Yeah, it's Biden's son. It's Hunter. President Trump on the attack today, going after Joe Biden and his family with dubious accusations. I'll tell you what, it's an organized crime family as far as I'm concerned. The president is referencing a tabloid newspaper story with emails purportedly swiped from the vice president's son, Hunter. But CBS News has learned the president was personally warned by the national security advisor, Robert O'Brien, that the man who provided the information to the tabloid, his personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, was the target of a Russian influence campaign aimed at discrediting Biden. Sources say the president did not seem concerned. Intelligence officials also notified Giuliani to tell him he was a target. But the former New York mayor disputes that and claims he got the information from a computer repairman in Delaware who allegedly had Hunter Biden's laptop. We have the entire hard drive. We've analyzed it now for about two weeks. CBS News has learned the FBI is now looking into whether the information found on the device may be part of a Russian disinformation campaign. Giuliani has admitted he went to Ukraine last year and worked with a known Russian agent to dig up dirt on Biden. So you did ask Ukraine to look into Joe Biden? Of course I did. Twitter initially blocked retweets of that article about the laptop. But today, the social media giant bowed to pressure from Republicans who would accuse them of censorship, and they've now lifted that ban. Nora. Paula Reed, thank you. And there are allegations tonight that Russia has launched another disinformation campaign, this one to undermine global confidence in a potential COVID vaccine. We get more now from CBS's Holly Williams. On Russian state TV last month, they described the Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine as a monkey vaccine, portrayed as downright dangerous. Propaganda spreading fear about the vaccine has also shown up on the Internet, pushed by Russia, according to a new investigation by the Times of London. The more we fight amongst ourselves, whether it's about issues of race or issues of science, the more Putin has a free hand. The Russian government denies any involvement, but experts say it's right out of Vladimir Putin's playbook. 
A US study found that the same Russian trolls that American intelligence says meddled in the 2016 election also tried to inflame a debate over the safety of vaccines. It seems to have worked in Ukraine, a country fighting a war against Russian-backed separatists, where vaccine disinformation has already been lethal. A measles outbreak has infected more than 100,000 people. Ulana Suprun was Ukraine's acting health minister when the measles outbreak began, which she blames partly on Russian lies. Ukraine's vaccination rate reportedly fell from 96% to 31% in just eight years. That's what Russian disinformation and fake news is doing. Undermining trust and fueling fear are powerful weapons, and Russia continues to use them. Holly Williams, CBS News, London. Tonight, we are learning gruesome details of a terror attack outside Paris. A teacher was beheaded after discussing with his class caricatures of the Prophet Muhammad, which many Muslims consider blasphemous. Well, police shot and killed the attacker. French President Macron says his nation stands ready to defend teachers. High winds and hot temperatures are creating dangerous fire conditions tonight in the West. San Francisco and Phoenix hit record highs today. Palm Springs hit 100 degrees for the 147th time this year. That is a record. In Colorado, 60-mile-per-hour winds are fanning the Cameron Peak Fire. That's the largest wildfire in that state's history. And today, the Trump administration reversed itself and approved federal disaster aid for California, which is having its worst fire season ever. The nation's largest movie theater chain, AMC, is trying to cut its COVID losses by renting out its theaters to private parties. Groups of up to 20 people are allowed. Popcorn and other snacks are not included in the rental fee, which starts at $99 for older movies. Groups can also bring in outside food. That is all for a fee. Sounds like fun. All right. We hope you don't get rattled easily because we think our final story might just tickle your funny bone. Here's CBS's Steve Hartman with tonight's On the Road. It's hard being an only child. Put the dirt in there. Especially during a pandemic. Which may explain why two-year-old Theo Brady of Salt Lake City, Utah, recently felt a strange attraction to a Halloween decoration. I think he got kind of lonely and he found this skeleton and is like, oh, this can be my friend. <laughs> so, to placate her son, Abigail Brady agreed to something utterly ridiculous. Like, I was just swallowed all my pride and was like, you know, if this makes my son happy, I'm going to do it. Do what, you ask? Take them on a play date to the beach. Abigail was secretly hoping that would be the end of it. But the pair hit it off famously, and for the last month, Theo and the skeleton, who they named Benny, have been joined at the hip bone, dining together, dressing up as ghosts, and winding down at the end of a hauntingly long day. Yeah, some some weird way it's comforting. He likes to read Benny books, which is so cute and creepy, but cute. Are you excited to take Benny to the grocery store? Creepy, but cute. It's not exactly what most parents want for a baby's first bromance. But the bond is undeniable. No bones about it. Whether they're at the market mm, or on the playground, if not for a lack of an epidermis, you'd swear this skeleton was Theo's brother from another mummy. In fact, at times, Benny almost seemed happy. Look. His humorous clearly showing. And who wouldn't want this kind of friend for their child? 
He just sees the skeleton as someone that needs love. Yeah, I think it's fine. Unless he starts walking around with a casket. Yeah, then that's then that's like, oh my gosh, too far. <laughs> but for now, it's nothing to be scared of. That's okay. In fact, this October especially, I think we could all benefit from a little less fright. Oh. And a lot more. Oh, you're so nice. Friendly. Steve Hartman, CBS News, on the road. I agree. We all need a friend like that where nothing can get under his skin. And next week on the CBS Evening News, we take you inside a Wisconsin hospital as doctors there battle a surge in coronavirus cases. And we're also going to hear from voters in battleground states that will decide this election. If you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. We hope you have a great weekend and we'll see you right back here on Monday. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. If you enjoy tuning in to the CBS Evening News, there are official t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at ParamountShop.com. These products are perfect for any fan of evening news. And you can take 20% off with code EVENING20. That's 20% off all CBS Evening News products with code EVENING20 at ParamountShop.com.